You are listening to Learn Out Loud's Biography Podcast. With this series, we will explore the lives of notable people throughout history, whether it be world leaders, political activists, spiritual luminaries, great artists, or everyday people. This podcast will be a showcase for their story. For a complete listing of Learn Out Loud's podcasts, please visit us at www.learnoutloud.com podcast. Thank you for listening. This podcast is an excerpt from author James Glick's book, Isaac Newton, which provides a comprehensive historical portrait of the English physician, mathematician, astronomer, natural philosopher, alchemist, and theologian Sir Isaac Newton. This excerpt examines the popular story of Newton's apple in relation to Newton's idea of universal gravitation. This podcast is provided by Harper Audio. To find this audiobook and other Harper Audio offerings, please visit www.harperaudio.com. Newton read Wilkins as a boy in Grantham at the Apothecary Clarks. Whatever else he thought about the moon, he knew it was a great planetary object travelling through space at high speed. The mystery was why. Carried along, as Descartes said, in a vortex? Newton knew how big the moon was and how far away. By virtue of a coincidence, the moon's apparent size was almost exactly the same as the sun's, about one half degree of arc, the coincidence that makes a solar eclipse such a perfect spectacle. It was necessary now to forge mental links across many orders of magnitude in scale, between the everyday and the unimaginably vast. Sitting in the orchard behind his farmhouse, musing continually on geometry, Newton could see other globes dangling from their stems. A two-inch apple at a distance of twenty feet subtended the same half-degree in the sky. These ratios were second nature now, the congruent Euclidean triangles inscribed in his mind's eye. When he thought about the magnitude of these bodies, another automatic part of the picture was an inverse square law. Something varies as 1 over x squared. A disk twice as far away would seem not one-half as bright, but one-fourth. Newton was eager, as the Greeks had not been, to extend the harmony and abstraction of mathematics to the crude sublunary world in which he lived. An apple was no sphere, but he understood it to be flying through space along with the rest of the Earth's contents, spinning across 25,000 miles each day. Why, then, did it hang gently downward instead of being flung outward like a stone whirled around on a string? The same question applied to the moon. What pushed it or pulled it away from a straight path? Many years later, Newton told at least four people that he had been inspired by an apple in his Woolsthorpe garden. Perhaps an apple actually falling from a tree, perhaps not. He never wrote of an apple. He recalled only, I began to think of gravity extending to the orb of the moon. Gravity as a force, then, with an extended field of influence no cut-off or boundary, and computed the force requisite to keep the moon in her orb with the force of gravity at the surface of the earth, and found them answer pretty nearly. All this was in the two plague years of 1665 to 1666, for in those days I was in the prime of my age for invention, and minded mathematics and philosophy more than at any time since. Voltaire did mention the apple, as did other memoirists, and their second and third-hand accounts gradually formed the single most enduring legend in the annals of scientific discovery, and the most misunderstood.
Newton did not need an apple to remind him that objects fell to earth. Galileo had not only seen objects fall, but had dropped them from towers and rolled them down ramps. He had grasped their acceleration and struggled to measure it. But most emphatically, he declined to explain it. The present does not seem to be the proper time to investigate the cause of the acceleration, Galileo wrote, but merely to investigate and to demonstrate some of the properties of accelerated motion, whatever the cause of this acceleration may be. Nor did Newton comprehend universal gravitation in a flash of insight. In 1666, he was barely beginning to understand. What he suspected about gravity, he kept private for decades to come. The apple was nothing in itself. It was half of a couple, the moon's impish twin. As an apple falls toward the earth, so does the moon, falling away from a straight line, falling around the earth. Apple and moon were a coincidence, a generalization, a leap across scales, from close to far and from ordinary to immense.' 